Profanity Nation. Yeah, it's the new era of man for some old school fans with a new school brand. We got money on the mic with the plan in hand. And stat pat to his left, they go hand in hand. And to the right, we got Simster, he putting it down. It's the Profanity Nation, we running the town. Yeah, it's the Profanity Nation. Profanity Nation. And hello, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Profanity Nation podcast, the voice of the professional fan. We're here tonight after an incredibly exciting, not uh, all-star game. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, man. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out what you were up to. Uh, but uh, we're, we have a lot to get to tonight. Of course, the all-star game was tonight, so we'll talk about that. But we have an amazing guest. Uh, tonight, we're going to welcome Christina Williams from the Girls Talk Sports podcast. You probably have seen her online if not you really need to look out for her uh but first let's get started money mike how you doing i'm good man just trying to sell these girl scout cookies do this podcast and work my regular job you, man. you are really holding <laughs> to your name it. money mike yeah, my yeah, friend. i'm trying to do everything yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Stat Pat. Let's do it. Hey, man, you know we in this bitch. <laughs> in this bitch how you doing today? I'm doing good, bro. I'm you just want to get the thing right. Um looking at that lackluster um it ended pretty dope. I give it that. It did end dope, but it was pretty lackluster. Yeah, man. but the, whole, the ending was great. The ending was the, great. The movie was horrible. Yes. Of the game. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to say something, like, the we'll ending was that. awesome. We'll get to that. All right. Well, we have a lot to get to. Like I said, we're going to get to the All-Star game. We're going to talk about Blake Griffin is now a Brooklyn Net. What else do they have to do oh, to try MG. to beat the non-GOAT LeBron James? We'll talk about that. I like how you said that. Well, I for like you, for that. you, uh, and of course, uh, say of course, we're going to hit the WNBA. We have a lot to talk about Los Angeles Lakers and March is Women's History Month. So we're definitely going to hit that. But with no further ado, please, let's introduce our guest, Christina Williams, to the show. Christina, hello. Thank you for joining us. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> The crowd goes wild. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Love it. Um, if you don't know, again, Christina Williams is the founder of Girls Talk Sports Podcast. Is that correct? Girls Talk Sports TV. It's a new TV. digital centered around women's basketball news and updates. I'm also in the 2021 Forbes 30 to 30 sports lister as well. Okay. Oh, I need an autograph, man. Exactly. That is super special. That is awesome, by the way. That is awesome. Tell us a little bit little bit more about Girls Talk Sports TV. How long and uh, how tough was that to get started? Tell us a little bit. Right. So Girls Talk Sports TV is a little bit over two years old. Started um, around 2018. And really, I started because I wanted to join my two passions of sports and journalism. It was kind of like a marriage of those two things. Um, but most importantly, I started the platform to give women a voice, visibility, and value in the sports industry because I realized that the women that I saw on TV on a sports broadcast was either like a token woman on an all-male sports broadcast or really just regulated to like the sideline reporting. And so what Girls Talk Sports TV does is it brings women to the front and center of sports conversation. Great. That's Great. awesome. That's awesome. Um, is that your full-time gig? Does it take a lot of your time? Absolutely. That's great. Gig. Um, just decided to just go all in with my platform and building it, and it's been working out pretty great. My agent definitely keeps me busy. That's 
Excellent. Well, we're really happy to have you here. Uh, We look forward to talking about a lot of things. In fact, let's get started. Of course, tonight was the NBA All-Star Game, and uh, most of our uh, followers are NBA fans, that's for sure, or WNBA or both. Um, you know, the game has taken a bit of heat and even this, you know, even this year, there were a few players that, uh, you know, kind of chose not to take part maybe in the skills challenge and the dunk contest that seems to be happening kind of more and more, to be honest with you. Uh, what'd you think of the game? Did you get a chance to watch it? And, and what'd you think of the game? I did have a chance to catch the last bit of the game. Um, and I thought that the ending was very exciting. Dame hitting that game winner shot at the end was definitely dope to see Giannis being perfect with his field goal shooting, shooting what, what, 16 for 16, three for three at the three point line. So being the first NBA player in history to do that, shoot perfect 100% um, and win the MVP as well. So I thought that was exciting. I'm really loving the new format of the All-Star Game um, and the tribute to the late Kobe Bryant, um, rest in peace. Uh, but yeah, it was really exciting towards the end. And just as you said, I think in terms of players um, deciding not to participate this year, I'm all for players' health and safety first before entertainment. And so I do understand why, why some players decided to um, pull out of the game this year. Yeah. Uh, there were, of course, uh, as we all know, there were some last minute scrubs from the game as well for COVID protocol. This was just contract tasting, uh, contract, contact tracing <laughs> that they tested positive for anything. It just means that they're held out for, for that purpose. Yeah. But, you know, that was one of the big fears of the game that everyone was there. Money Mike, um, we're kind of waiting to see now what might be the aftermath of these guys getting together at the game, right? Hopefully there's, there's or, nothing you know, there. Or the after party for the game. I mean, you know, everybody yeah. try to go get those lemon pepper wings. So. Dude, for real. I suppose. Shout out to lemon pepper wings. <laughs> I hope they're delivering these days. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. If they're smart, they're I delivering. I hope so, because they're trying to shut well, down. who's delivering them? Because, I mean, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the point, right? That is the point. That oh, is the we point. doing Postmates style? I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> that is the point. Well, DoorDash is the official sponsor of the NBA and WBA, so DoorDash. Okay. Uh, DoorDash. There you go. Nice. <laughs> See, that's what it's for. Forbes 30. She's on it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I think it really was what really basically was like a money grab. You know, they, they just trying – I think NBA as a whole is just trying to capture all the money they can because they lost so much last year, even – with playing the the games all the way through, they still lost so much money. Uh, I think the All Star Game is trying to recoup everything that they had. Personally, I do <laughs> love that the money was donated to HBCUs and like those yeah, programs. Yeah. That that is just amazing. I think every year should be that way. Um, yeah. All investing into sports, especially the black sports programs. So I think right. that's dope. <laughs> so I was going to ask you a question, uh, Christina, because I always thought that um, you know. It just didn't feel right the way that the NBA kind of like ushered the the you know the players to back so quickly after they just got out of the bubble. Now, of course, I'm biased because I'm a Laker fan, and you know they won the championship. So I'm like, man, can we get to January because we need some rest? So you're not worried about Miami? No, you know they can start back up. Yeah, right can start now. Back up. We are the champs. We get the rest. <laughs> um, but um, I want to ask your, uh, your your opinion on this because I thought, you know, that the NBA was uh, negotiating in bad faith with the players when they didn't bring out that they were going to do the All-Star game initially. Mm-hmm. It seemed though that they did it as an afterthought, and I don't think they would have been so quick to come back if they knew they were going to have to play in an All-Star game. 
um, because right. you want to be able to take some time off and, you know, rest and be with their families. And they still haven't gotten that full opportunity to do so. So I want to ask your opinion. What do you think about that? Like, how do you think that, the you know, the league gave the players um, enough, uh, you know, time and they need to, you know, play the game and just deal with it? Or do you think that maybe they could have done it a different way? Maybe just, you know, um, just say that they're all stars, but not let them play the game. So I want to answer this question in two parts because I cover the WNBA. I just want to shout out those women because they actually play 350 days a year. They play a regular season in the summer and then they go overseas for six to eight months and have to play immediately after the season is over. And so they really don't get a break except for two and a half weeks out of the year to uh, like training camp and things like that and get to see their families. And so when it comes to the NBA, you know, yeah, I mean, it sucks that they had to start their season super duper early, but you know, they're professional athletes. I think that they can handle it. The women the W can handle it. I think the NBA players can handle it. And then on the back end, I think that in terms of what Adam Silver has done with navigating the scheduling and the pandemic, I think that he's doing a good job. Should there have been an all-star game? I think maybe not because the NBA, um, the league this year is not in a bubble situation. You have um, teams taking road trips and things like that. We saw what happened with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Um, this weekend with All-Star Weekend when they went to get a haircut and now they couldn't participate. Um, so it's just really difficult. I, it's just really difficult to say whether or not, whether they should have had the game or not. But for me, it's all about player safety and health before entertainment. Like I do, do get the factor that it is a business. The business of business is business. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just think that player health and safety should have been put first for sure. Now, you mentioned the format, which actually I think we're all kind of a fan of because it it brings a little bit more excitement. I think, you know, one of the problems with the NBA All-Star game is it meant nothing. And most years it wasn't competitive. It was just a bunch of guys slam dunking on each other or just trying to, you know, one up each other on a shot. But there was zero defense. One thing that Kobe brought to the All-Star game usually was a little bit of competitive nature there. Uh, This format is really good. I like it. I think it's it's exciting. It brings something to it. I like, like you said, for the charities, that's awesome. Uh, But let's go back to the beginning where you actually, the the top, you know, vote getters actually get to draft their team. So it's not always East versus West. What do you think of the, the drafting of the teams? And do you think that those players actually get to draft freely? And what I mean by that is, do you feel there's that political pressure to draft your teammates, someone you know, this and that? What do you think of that process, the draft selection, and uh, is it fair? (laughs) I love the draft process. It reminds me of, like, picked up games in the park, like kind of old-school, gritty style. I love that it was Team LeBron versus Team Kevin Durant, the two best players in the league um, as well This uh, for this All-Stars game. The politics of it, should they have picked their teammates? I think, of course, like, they're kind of obligated to do that. And if you don't, it probably mess with the team chemistry when the season goes. Exactly. <laughs> so I definitely think that yeah, the politics could play um, a role in it for sure. But I love, I love, I love the um, the uh, aspect of drafting teammates and that it's on live TV as well. I think that's a, a dope element that they added into the All Star game to make it more interesting. Because I'm not gonna lie, the NBA All Star games were pretty boring um, in previous years, and so adding that definitely added a little bit of. Mm, to the games, um, players, especially with the new format, are taking it serious in that last quarter as well and trying to win. And you saw how excited it got towards the end of the game tonight. 
So I think that it added a great element, but it also reminds me of the big three basketball and shout out to Ice Cube for kind of making that structure where they play the 50 and have 25 points to one half. And so I just want to shout out to Ice Cube because I feel like the NBA in a way, although it was dedicated to Kobe, they pulled some of that inspiration mm -hmm. from Ice Cube. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Ice Cube should be suing. You know, yeah. this, this was my idea. <laughs> All right. But but with that being said, man, do you, you think um, LeBron's a uh, is going to be a GM after he retires? He's three and zero, and he's you know, LeBron gave him the executive of the year. He drafted a really good All Star team tonight. <laughs> he really did. I I think. What is this? His second? No, it's third. his third. He's three his and third, up. and each year I see the squad that he picked. And I don't understand, like the other. What? what? They, they, he why didn't. Pick, why did they let him pick all those you, players? Like, that? like you know, LeBron's like, you get one and I get two. You get one and I get two. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. But but okay, but see, that's the real question. The question is, is it LeBron picking a great team, or the person don't know what the hell he's doing? You know, because I mean, other side, on the other well, side, a combination of both. I, <laughs> think. Both. Yeah. I think I think LeBron knows exactly what he's doing, and I think LeBron James here. <laughs> yeah, and you know exactly what he's doing. And then his other ones, I don't know what I mean, because he what last this year it was Durant that picked against him. And Giannis. Um the year before that was Giannis, right? Yeah. And then the year before that was two Giannis both yeah, times, right? So they don't I mean, they don't look like they know how to create uh or at least uh, uh create a king. <laughs> You're not counting on them. Huh? It doesn't make any sense though. It's like if LeBron picks one person and then you pick somebody right after him, it's like just copy LeBron. If he's going to pick Steph, <laughs> don't let him have Steph and Lillard. Look, like, there don't is have no way Durant's you know picking Curry. You know what? <laughs> it's not like, happening. But you know what? I just thought about it. Huh. This guy put together Wade and Bosh, right? Yeah. He, so he's been, putting, he's been putting teams together. He lifted. Oh, y'all got Kyrie? Okay, cool. I'll go back to Cleveland some, now. Some would, argue, <laughs> some would argue he put together this Lakers squad. Um, well, okay. Well, I mean, you know, uh, well, him, him and Rich Paul. I, well, I, I respect Rob. Well, so I'm we, not going to, but we, some we would gonna, argue. We're going to say clutch sports. Clutch sports. Shout out to Rich Paul, man. Shout out to Rich Paul, man. Exactly. Richie Rich. Exactly. So, Christiane, does, Christiane, does the does the game have purpose other than entertainment? In baseball, winner of the All-Star game, home court advantage in the World Series, does, does it have anything, other, any value other than just entertainment? At this, which is fine if that's what it, I mean, that's what basketball comes to, but yeah, really, no, definitely fun to watch for the fans and you get to see your favorite players from your favorite teams, um, you know, come together and put on this very entertaining, um, kind of event. I also think that the charity aspect of it is important as well, especially this year, just seeing like with the Black Lives Matter movement, social injustice, how um, the NBA took that initiative to donate to HBCUs as well and fund those programs. So I, I like the all-star game. I think it's fun. It's definitely a great mid-season pick-me-up. Yeah, all right. Perfect. Yeah. You yeah. were saying about how can you raise the stakes. Yeah. Now, um, now, personally, I don't like anybody or anything other than the teams on the court to determine who's going to be the home court advantage or in the finals. Like Makes sense. Me, an exhibition game of people that damn sure ain't going to even make it to the playoffs to determine that that just like it's just way too much power for me. Um, but at the same time, you want to go ahead and make people like get on the floor and like just there's like a million dollars winner take all to their favorite, you know, and and you will see some people get on the floor. But at the same time, do we really want that? I, I don't want people to like get blown out and blow a knee out in the all star game. 
and I'm going to go ahead and try. I'm winning the championship. I'm trying to get to this championship, but I'm blowing out knees in All Star games. I can't have that. So, you know, so I'm trying to. I want to. I want to have it. Want to keep it more entertainment to the point that we're like, you know, having the stakes so high that these guys feel that they have to win this game. Because if we're losing the game, man, sit out LeBron, sit out AD, whatever you got to do, make sure you're healthy for June. Because I'd rather that than I'd rather you be winning, you know, a meaningless, like, meaningless game in February or March. Yeah, well, that's coming from a Laker fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's for yeah. sure. Other yeah. teams are just happy to see their players in the All-Star game. That's for sure. They're like Charlotte. Um, okay. I, I, go ahead. I got one, I got one more question about yeah. the All-Star. I know we have to move on. Do y'all think that if Alex Caruso would not have declined, he would have won a slam dunk contest? No. No. Okay. He got hops, hops. Like, don't get me wrong. He got to have. You got to have hops, hops. Like, he got hops. <laughs> but he ain't got. But it's not hops, hops. You okay, know what I'm saying? It's not like he ain't. No yamming. one's looking at Caruso saying, "Wow, that guy's athletic." Like, yeah. no. Like, well, you he's know, got he's hard and he's, he's got, got sneaky athletic hops, skills. But he's not. But... He's not yamming on you like Birdman. Hey, I agree with like, you. Know. I just want to throw the question out. But that that, that, <laughs> okay. that again brings up that same question we talked about: is why why didn't he? Why, why? It seemed like back in the day, the dunk contest and all this stuff actually would help your brand. Now it, yeah. now it kind of seems like it's only a lose-lose proposition. If they win, okay. But if they lose, nah, they, they have too much to lose. So these, these you know, these players want, don't want to affect their legacy or what is it, their brand? Um, I'm not sure. I think it is definitely what you're saying, branding. If you lose, you lose. And no one wants to take an L. And it's um, not that big of a win if you win. It's not right. like all of a sudden endorsers are, are screaming down your door because you won the dunk contest and Gerald Green blowing out the cupcake. I'm not sure where he's at these days. So. Well, you know, Kobe did it because he felt that, you know, Jordan did it. So he wanted to obviously follow Jordan. Yeah. So he had to do it. Legacy. Um, when LeBron said he's not doing it, that kind of like changed the whole like super superstar participating in that. Yeah. Um, and so now everyone feels that they don't really have to do it. Before, you had to do it. Like, Sean Kemp had – I mean, he just felt like, I'm the best dunker. I want to show you guys I'm the best dunker. Yeah. So he would come out there. And it was even, a pride. Right. And even though Sean Kemp lost these, I mean, these, these slam dunk contests, he still gave it his all. Yeah. And he was, like, really going for it. Yeah. So you don't get that. Um, you get a lot of – I want to. I don't want to call them B-plus – you know, kind of all stars, but they're not the elite. They're not all, right. all NBA kind of guys. All right, really quick. I think I think I know the answer. I know my answer to this. Christina, did yeah. did Dwayne Wade kill the dunk contest? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> did Dwayne Wade kill the dunk contest last year? I don't know. Um, yeah, that, there's no legitimacy. At there's that point. That, yeah, yeah that, it lost all legitimacy. Yeah. All right, excellent. Well, we've got tons more to get to you guys. We're going to be right back. We just got to pay a bill really quick, but we'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. You guys know the deal. We're not going to be gone for long. Be right back. Hey guys, you got to check out the Pure Life Alternative Wellness Center. It's a family-owned and operated pre-ICO, Prop D compliant, and recreational collective serving Chatsworth, the San Fernando Valley, and the surrounding Los Angeles areas. They offer discounts for all our veterans and seniors 55 plus, as well as first-time patient and referral discounts. You can order online at purelifesfv.org. That's purelifesfv.org. 
And we're back. Of course, we're here with Christina Williams from Girls Talk Sports TV. We have Money Mike, Stat Pat, yes, yours sir. truly, Simsta. So uh, let's get right into this. Let's get right into some WNBA news and updates. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just update us with anything that you know? There's a lot of news out there, but anything that you want to talk about, and then we can just kind of touch base from there. All right. So today, coming out of WNBA news, as we prepare for the draft, which is happening on April 15th, airing for two hours on ESPN, the awesome. main channel. Um, we have Charlie Collier from te the Texas Longhorns Junior. She declared for the draft, and she is eligible because she turns 22 in September. And so she's eligible, and she's declared, and she's projected to be the number one pick. And a lot of people think that she will be selected by the Dallas Wings, who has the first, second, Fifth and seventh pick in the first round. What? Man, you do that? That's like some Danny <laughs> stuff right there. <laughs> How do you do that? Wow. So they might have a whole squad. Yeah. squad. So if, if selected, she'd be, I, I believe, the first uh, Texas native to play for the Dallas team. And, you know, oh, she expressed God. earlier her statement that she wrote on Instagram that she would love to play for her home team and stay in Texas and play um, for Dallas under Vicki Johnson, who was just hired in the offseason as the new head coach, um, the only black woman head coach currently in the WNBA. So I think that's super dope. Charlie is a very explosive player. Um, she's shooting, I think, 51% um, and also 80% at, at the foul line. So she's definitely an explosive play, player in the paint. Um, she could definitely help the Dallas Wings. I think they finished 8-14 and 14 last year last season and so yeah just super excited about the WNBA draft coming up lots of great picks but also um in terms of the movement and free agency lots of exciting news happens um during free agency with the WNBA uh Candace yeah, Parker obviously LA Sparks now with the Chicago Sky um that was one of the bigger free agency moves that happened why and did that happen why did so Candace yeah. told us. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, we want to, we want to talk about this. You know, let's, let's we, have, we, have a, we have a Laker NBA champion yeah, that we absolutely love, but we got yeah. Derek Fisher, but it seems like people are running away. We from love Derek point four, Fisher. Derek Fisher. You go ahead and fill us up. <laughs> let's, 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 let's sorry, sorry, let's go. sorry, we to stop there. No, we as we know in the off season, the LA Sparks hired. Head coach Derek Fisher as the general manager as well. And a lot of players ended up leaving in the offseason. You had Chelsea Gray or Connor Williams who signed with the Las Vegas Aces. Candace Parker oh. left and she signed with the Chicago Sky. So lots of player movement within the Sparks organization. Um, we saw Danita Johnson, who was the COO and president of the LA Sparks. She uh, left and went to DC United um, to handle their best, I mean, their operations um, on the field as well. So Lots of just movement within the Sparks organization um, in the offseason. Candace Parker expressed in her media press interview that she just wanted to simply follow her heart um, and felt like mm -hmm. she wanted to go back home to Chicago to play for her home team. Um, and so while we all kind of speculate maybe she would have had um, clashes with Derek Fisher because we've seen what happened in the um, playoffs and things like that, she just simply said in her presser she wanted to go home and follow, follow her heart. Okay, so, what, so sorry, that's, that's all class. No, no, yeah. So, what do you think, Christina? like, you know, I know what they're saying. Yeah, I know what they're saying. But see, here's the thing: you, we are a fighting nation, right? So, we want to know what you know, 
playing perspective. Because I'm like, come on, man. You've been on for three years. You've been on team for three years. You're my favorite player. You know, how you just going to get up and leave, you know, when there's a move in upper management? What do you think, Christina? So when you have a player like Candace, who is the face of a franchise, you have to question why she want to leave, especially so late in her career. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, I would have loved to see her retire as an L.A. spark. Me too. Um, but <laughs> I just didn't understand this movement so late in her career. Last season, she had a great season. She won Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and I felt like she had so much to give to that organization. And my personal opinion, I mean, we saw what happened in the 2019 playoffs. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened last um, season as well um, with the playoffs as well. And so I think, and many other people in the media think, maybe it was just a clash with general manager and head coach Derek Fisher. Um, had a chance to speak to Derek pre- prior to um, that announcement of that trade and that transaction happening with Candace. And he said that his top priority was to re-sign his core three of NECA, Chelsea, and Candace. But then, like, they cored NECA, and they recently re-signed her this week with Chanae, her sister, as well. And then we saw Chelsea walk away. We saw Candace walk away. So, you know, it's just trying to figure out what's going on in the Sparks organization. You're, you're so politically correct. <laughs> I got your answer, though. I, I got your answer. I, I can read through the lines. They don't, they don't like Derek Fisher. Uh, they don't like Derek Fisher. Christine, I'm going to let you know right now. Mike, Mike was going to make that your answer no matter what yeah, you absolutely. say. Absolutely. You know. I mean, you know, but I your love, answer is gonna be listen, that. I love how you answered that, though, because you, you solidified our thought but didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's amazing. I, I have to learn that tell it. You know what I mean? You said it so eloquently. Yeah, you said it so eloquently. Yeah. They went after the big they went after the big three. The way we the say it is, is they hated Derek Fisher. Yeah, they thought right. he was shit. Right. <laughs> that's how we say it. Yeah. We love Derek. You, you said it though, right? The only one that stays is because her sister's still on the team. I mean, <laughs> All right, the other two yeah. have no ties. It's like, man, I'm peace. I'm out. I'm, I'm breaking drunk. up. Um, I'm, drunk. I'm sorry. We'll see how that develops for the Sparks. <laughs> oh, okay, so do you think do you think the Sparks have a good team to the point where they'll be able to, to contend? Mm, so <laughs> here we go. It's a good question. I just don't really understand the moves that he like. What is what he what he's trying to build right now with the Sparks. I mean, for me, I felt like he should have cored Candace if that was his first priority. Um, but obviously Candace was a free agent. She could have gone anywhere she wanted to, and she decided to leave and go to Chicago. I had Chelsea Gray on my weekly clubhouse chat that I do every Wednesday, and she said when she made her decision to leave, you know, Candace is a good friend of her, so obviously she spoke to Candace, and then she made her move to go with the um, Las Vegas Aces uh, and she I'm actually did a documentary where she showed how Bill Lambeer and the Aces kind of like courted her um, to sign with Vegas as well. And so it's just very interesting. Do I think the LA Sparks will make the postseason? I do want to say that in the last in the two seasons that Derek Fisher has been the head coach, they have finished in the top five and also made the postseason. Mm-hmm. Do I think they will make the with Candace Parker and Chelsea Gray? <laughs> so now that they don't have them I don't think they will make the postseason but I do think that it's anyone's game because there has been a lot of player movement and free agency and so a lot of teams are stacked right now but for me I've been saying this almost every week I think that the Minnesota Lynx have a good chance 
being yeah. reaching their 11th consecutive postseason and potentially winning the championship. Nice. Okay, so I got one more question. Go ahead, go for you it. Have the right, you have the right not to answer it. <laughs> you have the right to remain silent. Yeah, you have the right. You, 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 you have to the fifth. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm sorry. If you're watching the other interviews, I'm that guy. Do you think Derek Fisher is a good GM? You don't know yet. He has. He's just started. How about I mean, he lost. It's so hard to judge that right now because he just became the GM in the offseason. So he's only been a GM for a couple months. Um, so it's hard to say right now. <laughs> Give him a grade. A grade, right now. A grade based off his free agency signing. Well, yeah, in, in the last month, the last month, what would be Derek Fisher's grade? You don't have to answer. That's <laughs> a question. But I do want to say, I mean, <laughs> he let go Chelsea Gray with <laughs> his partner in Ricardo Williams, but they did get like Amanda Zowie, they re signed Simone Augustus. The uh, Cord Neca, who's a great player, Chene Gumake, who's a great player as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's just rebuilding. They, they retained uh, Taya Cooper as well. So, just seeing that he wants to, you know, build around Neca, but also see the future where the franchise is going. But my thing is, Candace Parker, when you think about the LA Sparks, you think Lisa Leslie. Oh, and right, Candace Parker. Parker. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, I mean, that's why we thought, um, being the fact that, I mean, if you're going to be a spark, so like just, you just said it right now perfectly. Like mm-hmm. when you come to a franchise like the Sparks and you know the history of the Sparks, you know who you're following is right. the, the you know is Lisa Leslie and then Candace Parker did as better as good as anybody to follow in her footsteps and do I mean did well I mean hell I mean she did great well, and it's and everything so right and, and you know and she's been that way and and so like you said when we're talking about like a legacy and especially when i mean here in los angeles we we really really care about the legacy of the franchises that we that we have and letting somebody of her talent and her uh, stature go just seems like is a detriment than it is more of a like step just, in the wrong direction yeah it's not it doesn't seem like it's a positive it's not like you know i mean the Miami Heat could have cut Udonis Haslam a long time ago. Like, you know, <laughs> keeping the man on because they know the PR ramification. The, the, the like, city wants it. For that one season. So, right. you know. You know what? When it comes to free agency, not to cut you off. No, no, you're good. Because of the NBA that was introduced last year in January of 2020, a lot of players, including Candace Parker, when it came to free agency this season, um, they actually wanted to control their own narrative. And that's something that Candace actually brought up. It's like a lot of players um, wanted to get more money. And like a lot of players were worth the super max of like $200,000 or more. And, you know, a lot of players felt like that was a priority for them this season. Which team is giving them the bag? Um, which team is giving them more money? And which team that they feel like they could win a championship with? And because Candace also had a relationship with Quigley and Sloot, and some of the players there, she just felt like, you know, if I want to win a championship now, it's definitely with the Chicago Sky. Um, in her post, uh, post-season post interview from last season, she also said that, you know, I've been with the Sparks for so many years. We've always been in rebuild years. How many years is it going to take us to get that championship again? You know, how many years are we going to say, you know, we're, just, we're young, we're, we're still figuring it out. Like, I want to win now. And mm-hmm. you know, she said she has more years behind her than ahead of her. And mm-hmm. so I think that she just did the best decision that was for her. It makes sense. Yep. Makes sense. I love her answers. 
<laughs> All right, let's let, let's keep going because there, there's been another. Uh, I I like this story. Um, the new ownership for the Atlanta Dream. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Let's go ahead and talk about Renee Montgomery, first player to become an owner. This is uh, incredible. It's brilliant. Um, kind of long overdue to be honest with you, but uh, let's just talk about that Atlanta Dream and that uh, takeover. What what's that going to do for the team over there? Um, just the change in culture, we'll say. <laughs> in that team. Firstly, not, uh, just a little correction. Renee Montgomery is actually the first player to be a co-owner and a team executive. Um, Lisa oh. Leslie actually had a, a share in the Sparks a few years back, and so she mm -hmm. was the first player to have an ownership stake. But I think that what Renee did was super dope. It was crazy. Like she's just a she's working like crazy. Um, Renee actually gave me my first shot when I started covering the WNBA. So she's oh. a good friend of mine in the league, and just to see. Her like soar so high right now. I'm so 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 proud. So shout out to you, Renee. Um, and back to your question, uh, I think that what Renee brings in terms of ownership. Well, one, thank God Kelly Leffler is out of there. Um, not only did the WNBA players in Atlanta Dream help oust her from her Senate seat, they also ousted her from her ownership. Yeah, out of the WNBA. So how are the people? The power behind that is is just amazing when you in terms of influence of the women of the league but also um what renee brings is that player perspective um in terms of marketing what could work you know she's fresh out of the WNBA, so her peers are there um she's played the game so long she's won at every level playing at uconn playing in the WNBA. so that's what she brings in terms of terms of the player perspective to um the front office she will also be handling the day-to-day -day business operations for the team and so i think that she can help lure uh, players into wanting to sign with Atlanta, especially when free agency comes around. Um, she can it, she can help that team become a more attractive place to play um, in that sense and kind of getting players to play there. Um, and yeah, I think that is super dope that uh, not only did LeBron James actually help her with that initiative of, you know, becoming a co-owner of her former team, but also Lou Will said on Clubhouse that she reached out to him. So seeing that the NBA players were kind of helping her through um, getting that done, I think that was dope. What's, what's kind of nice about that, which was our next topic, is that they, in a sense, are in a, uh, helping to carry the torch that Kobe uh, made it cool, I guess, and acceptable to carry, to support, and not only support, but promote the WNBA. Yes, yes. Yeah. Cool. Super dope. Uh, well, we saw last season what happened. The WNBA Orange Hoodie became such a phenomenon in terms of marketing, um, sports business journal. Mm -hmm. I believe we called it the fashion statement of the year. We saw NBA players, Devin Booker, LeBron James, all of your favorite players rock that orange hoodie um, that Kobe wore. And it became kind of like a big social um, viral moment. And so just seeing the players genuinely care about the league, be very vocal about their support with the league. Seeing players like Steph Curry with Sabrina Inescu, Chris Paul, like training players, working with them um, in the offseason, I think that's dope um, to attract more fans and new fans to get interested in watching women's basketball. Yeah, I thought that, um, you know, um, the fact that it's, first of all, I think it's long overdue that the, that yeah. the men – um, that the NBA actually have like a stake in the, the you know, uh, the players, I would say, to um, make sure that the NBA, WNBA is thriving. Part right? of their family. And especially when Bring you think. Bring it in within the sphere yeah, of the and NBA and part of the family. How many, how many of these dudes, I mean, how many guys uh, that you know have daughters? 
that you know that may even aspire to be, you know, uh, playing in the WNBA at one point? And you just got to start and think about it. What did you do, Dad, to make sure that my path to get to the WNBA uh, was a lot easier? Because you had all this platform, but however, you chose not to use it. I think when Kobe came out there, you know, and said that he was a girl dad and kind of made the whole, you know, didn't stigmatize it and made it actually something to be proud of. A lot of these guys looking at like Steph Curry, looking at himself like, man, I got, man, I got one of the, you know, the cutest girls out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and you, you see how all these guys are now buying in because they understand that you do have to invest in your, in your, in your daughters. You do have to invest in the things that they care about. And that's just showing, putting your money where your mouth is. And I do believe that it was long overdue. I'm so happy that they're doing it. And I think because of that, you're going to see that the WNBA is going to gain more popularity because of that. And not just because of them, but also because the product is good. You know, the the balling. JaVale McGee's mom, Pamela McGee. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, we have see people out here, so that, we know. That, yeah, yeah, we know. Well, we well, know. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say not just the daughters, but the sons these days yes. of W. It's going to start coming around. You yeah. know, WNBA players retired are going to have their kids in NBA yeah. and WNBA. Well, because look, I, I will say this. I mean, you know, I love the NBA. It's exciting. It's they're a little bit more athletic. They could dunk and all that. But if you want to see fundamental basketball, yeah, it's in WNBA. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, and so you know, I would go and run plays that I see off the WNBA if I was a coach of a little league team versus, you know, the NBA sure. simply because fundamentally they're, they're sound and it is really good basketball. It's one of those things that just has to be shown to the masses. So that way, you know, people could go out there and see what the product is mm-hmm. because I mean, to your point, and you spoke on it earlier that these players play 350 a year, uh, 350 days a year only because of the money's not there. And there needs to be more investment in getting them more visual so that way the money could rise up so they wouldn't have to do that. Yeah, and I think part of how we get the revenue to girls is by covering the game, doing stuff like this, interviewing WNBA media, because um, there is an inequity in coverage. Women's sports only receive 4% of all media coverage. And so, I mean, just this week, Sue Bird and three other Olympians announced um, their new media platform called Together, the first um female athlete powered media platform. So you see now that more WNBA players and women athletes are controlling their own narrative in terms of creating content and getting their stories out there on their own terms. And so I think that um, we grow the game by, we invest and grow the game by covering the league, amplifying their stories and things like that. Yeah. Uh, the the WNBA has been doing a great job of expanding their base. How can they continue? What, what's what's the, the plan to continue? Is it just to continue down the same path? You always have to be, you know, uh, developing new ideas. What, what What's their best way to continue and grow their fan base? Well, it's interesting, right? Because the WNBA is celebrating its 25th anniversary. And so when you compare the 25th year Ooh. of the NBA to the 25th year of the WNBA, I think the WNBA is a little bit further ahead than the NBA was at 25 years old. So mm-hmm. I think that the league is definitely off to a very, very great start. What needs to be done, I think that the momentum is still building. Um, the league just announced that it's hired its first ever CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, and Bill Cook, who previously was with Nike. And so we see the league taking these steps. They hired their first ever commissioner, Kathy Engelbert. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of firsts for the league that's happening over the last few years in terms of growing the game and, and really getting the league structured in a way that will help it 
grow. So I think in like five or 10 years, we'll see the, the game grow um, very greatly. But um, I think that we're definitely on the right path for sure. Yeah, even even with that, their contract, I like the a lot of things they did uh, with the healthcare and things like that. That kind of balanced out the playing field uh, for the WMA also. Absolutely. So the new CBA um, it gave the women of the WNBA um, benefits in terms of paternity leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gave them benefits, childcare benefits. It also helped them with travel because a lot of the W the WNBA teams um, they would fly coach. And so just giving them economy plus seats, um, uh, opportunities to fly first class when they go to hotels, having their own room. Players would share rooms um, if you had under, I think, five years of service in the league. And so those are <laughs> important, right? Could you imagine being That's a cool. good five athlete and at the highest level and you're flying in coach? Like right. how possible that can be? Um, we saw what happened in terms of travel issues where – Teams were forced to wait 25 hours in the airport because of travel delays. Um, you had the Washington Mystics one time uh, in 2019 had them travel by bus because uh, they had plane issues and needed to get to New York to play the New York Liberty. And so just seeing the league take that first step has definitely been amazing. We saw last season um, with the bubble how the Seattle Storm flew private on a private charter jet um, and was able to get to the bubble that way. And so I think that the new CBA is definitely a small start in the right direction for the players, um, giving them more money, more marketing money, um, trying to encourage the players to not go overseas and to stay stateside to grow the game. Um, I think it's dope. And ESPN's coverage of the draft this year. Yes, super dope. So ESPN obviously is the broadcasting um, partner of the WNBA. And so they are giving us the first ever two hour special Last year for the WNBA draft, we saw what happened virtually. Um, the viewing and the ratings were its highest that it's ever been. And so now ESPN is just paying respect by giving them a two-hour special, the first ever of its kind. Um, we do have a stacked draft class. So I'm super excited about the draft happening on April 15th on ESPN starting at 8 p.m. Absolutely. What, and one thing I didn't understand, um, especially with the marketing, not the marketing, but just the – the sheer um, enthusiasm about the WNBA. Um, I didn't understand why that the feelings that we all as men and people that love the sport of basketball, especially when we watched March Madness and we see it, we all know them. I mean, we know the girls. I mean, we know UConn, we know Stanford, we know the, the blue bloods. And why wouldn't we want to still be interested in these same players once they get to their professional status? I just thought that I didn't understand. I mean, because when I grew up, I mean, grew up, I mean, I'm, I'm in, we're all in our 40s here. So let <laughs> me put it out there. Um, I'm still in my 20s, but yeah. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember, I remember the, 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 like, you only had, like, you had to wait to the Olympics. Right. To see the, what you remember. And you're like, damn, man, there's some girls were balling. Like, they were killing. Like, it was, it was crazy. I think, and man, like, Lisa Leslie was a beast. Dude, man, man that's <laughs> Cynthia Cooper. Man, dude, I mean, <laughs> I just I used to love the teams. I used to love the players, and I I just felt that you know we were privy because we were in Los Angeles, so we were able to see the Sparks, and Sparks were actually you know pretty good. So the product wasn't bad, but you know like Houston took a dip after you know Cheryl Swoops and Coop and you know went down you know retired and they came back a little bit, but they never got back. To I mean, they, they were like the first dynasty. I though. mean, dude. I, I mean, mean, and and Tina Thompson. Don't <laughs> 
it though. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget about her. Yeah. Don't forget about her. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, they were the dynasty though. They came in. They won like four in a row. Uh, yeah. I think either. I think four in a row. Yeah. Yeah. There used to be a thirty for thirty on them. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. They did that one. Uh, for um, 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 what McGee's. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 oh. My Tr- God. Uh, Detroit. Cheryl Miller. My, uh, Detroit, yeah. The USC one, which Troy. I thought that was like an awesome That was incredible. Yeah, yeah, we did a show on that. Actually. Yeah, you know, Cheryl Miller actually was better than Reggie Miller. Everybody agrees. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cheryl Miller is like the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. So, I do want to point out, though, that there is a new documentary coming, and I actually broke that news last August, and they only confirmed it just a month ago, but... Um, the WNBA has a new documentary coming out produced by ESPN and Chinea Gumake from the LA Sparks, okay. executive producer, and it will chronicle the 2020 WNBA wobble season. Oh, oh nice. wow. The new documentary is coming out. I broke the news last August, and so it's super dope. Um, oh, nice. When's that due? Do we know? It happened behind the scenes, for sure. Yeah, that is very and, cool. And I love Janae. Uh, we, I went to an event where they did a Q&A with uh, Miss Engel, the, you know, the first uh, uh, commissioner. And, I mean, you know, her knowledge and everything just in the game, um, the, the union contract, she, I think she's VP of the uh, Players Association. So she was giving us the, um, all the insights and the things they went through and what they were fighting for for the women. And then she's a baller <laughs> along with their, <laughs> with their, um, with their sisters. So, I mean, she's a triple threat, you know, from, you know, being VP of the, um, you know, the MPA yep. on ESPN going out there, you know, going back and forth. The only one person, hey, though, did you guys see, I'm sorry, I'm changing the thought. Did you guys see Candace Parker school shack? Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry, this just popped in my head. I was like, you know, Shaq was like, oh, we can pay people. I love Shaq, you know, and Candace, well, because you can't rotate. I mean, if you go and do what you said, I'm gonna do, everybody gonna be wide open. And she literally is WBA champion, former MVP, rookie of the year, year. I mean, her accolades go on and on. But look at my shirt, bet on women. Like these women are amazing. Um, they know the game. They've played the game at the highest level, and they just deserve the respect. Candace Parker has one of the greatest IQs in basketball, men's or women, and so she yeah. definitely knows what she's talking she's about. She's on her own on the broadcast, and yeah, she did school chat and. And, and Ray was right there just co-signing what Candace was saying. Yeah, because he's got a buddy. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, bro. Candace so much on her broadcast. He gives her the respect that she, she definitely deserves. I can see Candace being a coach after after she retires as a yeah. basketball Yeah, she's dope. I'm sorry, but I'm talking about Chingy. Chingy's good, too, but I'm sorry. It just popped in my head. <laughs> you know, in, in the middle of a thought. But Don Staley, yeah. Don Staley was my other one back in the day. Dude. That was like, I love Don Staley. I thought she was to me, I mean, there was Lisa. I mean, there was like you know Lisa Leslie, the big name, but Don Staley was just that that one. I thought that she was like playing as the point guard and the way she was able to play the point guard and with the little that she didn't she didn't have the best teams, but she was just so like dominant. I mean, I just thought that she could have played in the NBA if she would have had an opportunity because yeah. she was able to play that. Speaking of Don Staley, shout out to her. Uh, South Carolina won the SEC tournament today. Yeah, you saw that. I the saw that winners of the SEC. Um, yep. So, like, she's been doing phenomenal things as yeah. a coach, a college coach at South Carolina. 
Just seeing how one players, Asia Wilson was the 2020 WNBA MVP, first ever player um, in college to get her own statue in South Carolina, which was great. And just seeing the success rate of that South Carolina program and the transition to WNBA, how many play, former Gamecocks are now in the league and excelling. Don Staley's also the first ever black woman to coach the USA basketball team. Mm -hmm. So it's just really solidifying herself in history as one of the greats to do it in women's basketball. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Yeah. That's dope. Um, we're going to go ahead and pay a bill again really quick, but when we get back, uh, we'd like to hear from you because, of course, it is Women's uh, History Month. So we'd like to hear maybe uh, what exquisite woman maybe has changed your life or, or done something special in your life and you'd like to highlight. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, everybody listening, you know who we are. We are the Profanity Nation, voice of the professional fan. We'll be right back. A podcast for the fans, by the fans. Dive deep into the topics the other shows miss, raw and uncensored. And he's going to play team ball. His legacy is at stake. Rare, hard-hitting interviews with players, coaches, and you, the super fans. I'm not hating. I'm like, okay, cool. Three championships in five years. He's more than good, bro. Profanity Nation. Listen live or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Powered by Jesse Brown of Cal Williams. Thank you for sticking around. Again, this is the Profanity Nation podcast, Voice of the Professional Fan. We're joined by Christina Williams from Girls Talk Sports TV and Money Mike, Staff yes. Hat, and yours truly, Simsta. Uh, let's continue here, Christina. Again, uh, March is Women in History's uh, month. And we'd love to hear from you, possibly just uh, anyone, sports or not sports, any woman that's kind of uh, stood out to you and made a difference in your life, famous, not famous, really doesn't matter. Any woman, please. Ooh, that's a good question. Well, since this recently happened, I want to shout out Riles Gold on Woody, mm -hmm. uh, a woman who's killing it inside the sports media world. And she just inspires me so much to go after what, um, I want to go after and like showing me that there's no ceiling to what you can accomplish in this industry. Um, Roz had actually sent me some words of encouragement a few weeks ago where I kind of felt like I didn't belong in this space. Kind of weird to say, like, you know, with all of my success, but she's someone who has lifted me up in the last few weeks and just really encouraged me to just keep going. So I just want to shout her out. And like, she's just been working so much and so hard and just breaking ceilings and, and just doing everything that I want to potentially do with my career. So shout out to Ross. All right. That is That's awesome. awesome. That is great. Okay. Let's talk a little bit of what our show is mainly about Lakers. Okay. So it is all-star break. However, uh, we are a Lakers squad here and the all-star game just ended. So it's time to get back to business. So let's get right into it with the Lakers. Okay. Well, here's a little breakdown of, of where the Lakers ended their half season or, or going into the all-star break. Uh, the Lakers are in third. They are 24 and 13, three and a half games back of Utah. Their last 10 games, three and seven, losers of two straight. Is there a reason to be concerned? Let's start with Christina. Christina, what are your thoughts on the Lakers? I'm not sure how close you actually follow the Lakers squad themselves, but uh, what are your thoughts on that record going into the All-Star break? Well, uh, the loss of AD, I definitely think that they need another piece to help them you know, to get to that championship level team that we know that they could be. Um, and so I just think they need one extra piece to kind of like help them push over the edge and keep that consistency going for sure. 
What do you think, Money? <laughs> you already that. Wait, wait, I want to say that I think that LeBron James has been playing amazing, especially at his age. Uh, and, I, and I had him as front runner for MVP. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we will just let Money go ahead because Money. You know, okay, but let me just say this, Christina. So go for it. Um, Remember, wait, 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 wait. Let's clarify. He was saying how much he liked the way you were saying things before. Yeah. So let's I just agree. make sure he sticks Historically, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of LeBron. Okay. Uh, for He's many reasons. The smallest fan. <laughs> well, you know, I did. <laughs> I did. I, look, look, look. What's the, you know today? I did say he picked a good team with All Star game. Yep. You know, so that was that was a compliment that I made for him. Um, look, I, I just he's not the front runner for MVP. He, he can't be because I, the way the way that I see it is, if you are, um, it's it, it for me, it's all about narrative, right? So what happens is when LeBron is playing great and every, the team is winning and everything, they're saying, "Oh my God, this guy is amazing. I know he should be out of his prime. He still is. He's dominating the league, blah, blah, blah. And then when we lose a couple of games because AD goes down and Shorter goes down, now, oh, he's tired. He's putting too many minutes. It's like we're making excuses. I mean, he's too old. He's exhausting him, yeah, but, but wait a minute. But how can you be impressed when everything's going good, but then all of a sudden now you're making excuses for him? I just want some <laughs> I just want a form of, of consistency, you know, and I think that he should have been able to put his team on, uh, put the Lakers on his back to possibly win a game or even have it be co competitive. I mean, the four games that we lost and we went 0-4 when we when Shorter went down as well as AD, we he was racking 43 minutes and we were still losing about 15 points. So I just don't, there's no way I can see him as being like the MVP. Simply for the fact that he cannot put a team on his back of zone to win. I've seen, you know, I'm a you know diehard Laker fan. I've seen Kobe tear his Achilles to get the team to the playoffs. So who do you have for MVP? I'm just curious. Uh, good question. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Front runner. Joker, My thought exactly. Thank you. I mean, listen, uh, Joker is has been amazing. Curry is doing for what he's doing. Curry, and Curry, yeah, Curry for what he's doing over there with. Out having Clay Thompson, but he's making he's having them to possibly be in the playoffs. To me, that's more uh, impressive than what LeBron is doing. I mean, that's hard to go against LeBron James though because he's averaging over twenty points a game. He's, well, in the beginning, he's playing less minutes than, than last season and just playing at a high efficiency, and so that's why he was my choice for MVP front runner. Um, but I do agree with Jokic; he's balling out for sure. Um, definitely could be in that MVP conversation. But Steph is playing some of the best basketball of his career um, that we've seen. And so he deserves it a well, but the Warriors are, you know. So. Go ahead. I, I, I would say, I, I, look, say I, 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 we don't I, have that much time I on the show. I think LeBron is was definitely um, is is uh, one of the front orders. If I had to pick a person, he's on the list. Well, I mean, yes. he's, I mean, it's a short list. It's like, it's like list. I mean, if he's a list, there's a list of three. Yeah, and he ain't three. So I'm just saying. Like, when it, you have then. You said. I mean, I'm saying I would pick. I mean, we're forgetting about Embiid. Embiid is actually has his oh, yeah. one in the in the East, and we can say 
all of this. But it's the East. But LeBron was winning winning MVPs because he played in the East. Oh, so let's, not, gotta, let's not forget so how many players that. ran to the East. Right. When LeBron came to the West, right. everything swapped. So right. the East isn't exactly what it used to be anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a talent pool now. Look at Brooklyn. Because, you know. And yeah, and so you see that. Um, I think Embiid is one, but I'd say going back with the Lakers, I think it's all predicated on a healthy AD or even AD being at seventy five percent. I think it gives the Lakers a lot of, of something that they're missing. Um, they're definitely missing a rim protector. Um, they're also missing just easy buckets, being able to go in and just dump it into somebody that's going to be able to be a mismatch and then also get his own shot. Um, that's one thing that the Lakers missed when Schroeder went down. They didn't have anybody that would be able to go ahead and do that. Um, and now that he came back, now I don't know what's happening uh, as far as you know the defense is concerned. Um, but I think they're uh, they're really just coasting at this point. Um, I don't think they want to exert any uh, a lot of energy because um, they know that it's a long season and you know, they have bigger fish to fry. So it's um I I, I really I'm not really worried as much as a lot of people are um, a lot of these um, fans uh, they're, they're new fans. So, you know, <laughs> they're new fans, you know, yeah, fans. Yeah. Because it's like the Lakers have, we know this, we've, we've seen this in 2001. We've seen this, we've seen this in 2010, the Lakers win a championship. They know what it takes to get back to the finals. They're not going to go easy. crazy ham on a year after they win a championship and they've done it. In, Especially in with such a short turnaround. Exactly. Well, I have a question for you guys. Do you think that it should be an asterisk next to the championship that they won? Absolutely last not. No. Absolutely not. Not unless I, the Clippers won. I'm just kidding. Because, because no. I would say the asterisk, you know, because look, Every team had the same dealt. As long as every team is dealing with the same difficulties and have to overcome the same obstacles, then it's fair. Right. They're different than other seasons, granted, but it's fair. The the team with that that faced those obstacles in that specific instance won. And yeah. it, it, look, they they didn't have to travel. They would have won anyways, to be honest with yeah. you. But they they didn't have to travel, which which is a benefit, and. Yeah. And it was a lot more psychological things that were going on too, with the, with you being so confined. You know, these are these players are, you know, they're millionaires and they're used to going anywhere they want to go, and um, they weren't able to do that. This Speaking year. of millionaires, is, here's our boy Daniel Artest checking in, my boys. Daniel, my God, <laughs> two things um, when it comes to the asterisk talk. So, uh, number one, the Lakers were the first team that I think that had the home court advantage but never had played in front of a home court so you're seeing them playing and, and not being able to play and they work so hard to get there that is like when you, what is the what is the benefit for going that hard if you're not going to be able to use the home crowd to your advantage and then number two i mean how many championships did duncan win i mean what's anybody know right. how many championships five four. okay five right five yeah are we saying anything about the 99 season no, but they. But still, we don't say nothing about that. We do, say, but Some do, but I who don't. The people? Because I don't. the people that all the people that are talking about the Lakers and the and the asterisk never bring up the fifty year, fifty game season with the Spurs. They never do. It's the same people who would go ahead and tell you that Tim Duncan is the better player between him and Kobe because he got five championships and Kobe got five championships. But they never want to talk about the asterisk 
But when it comes to the Lakers, and like it always happens, well, there's Laker haters. You know it is. I mean, <laughs> and that's that's how it is, man. Hey, it comes with comes to the territory. But uh, I'm gonna tell you, Christina, though, our standard is you have to get at least two in a row. That's man, what we, we win do. ours in bunches, man. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. what we always do. So we, we don't. Ours in bunches. If they go around, let the Nets come in, or, or I'm from Brooklyn. Else. You know, I'm riding with Brooklyn. You know, <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. You know, let's let's do, we'll let's see it, it. Let's okay, on the cool. court. I want to see it on the court. Yeah, I'll see it. We're going to see what's going to happen. It's going to be really interesting. We shall see what happens with that. Although I I would have loved to see JaVel McGee go to the Brooklyn Nets. I think that he would have been a great fit to help. You, you, you guys just got Blake. I know, but I would have preferred to kind of get JaVel McGee. Oh, okay. I like that. So you want so, McGee back too? Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> That's exactly who we need that. back too. Yeah, we're we're thinking about a McGee ourselves, to be Not honest now, with you. Right now, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah, being straight, dude, absolutely. Man, yeah, we definitely need a big man. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, okay, so um, if Casey didn't know, Christina, really quick. Um, Money Mike himself here is, we're all actually girl dads to a sense. I have a son and daughter. He has a couple daughters. I have daughters. That's all I Daughters. We all have daughters. <laughs> um, and he is also a Girl Scout dad. So his daughter is here, and she would like to just state something about Girl Scout cookies, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go ahead and bring her in here. Let me remove that background. Hmm. She's not coming up just yet. Okay, so we'll wait to see if she what comes happened? in. <laughs> I think she's hey, trying to stream hey, in. Hey, tell, um, tell Morgan, we need to see oh, her. Oh, oh, what are they doing? Here she goes, a different stream, hey, hopefully. It. Morgan, we need to see your whole face now. We need to see your whole face, Morgan. Yeah. All right. No problem. We'll, we'll get her on we in a second to, here. <laughs> either way, either way, let me go ahead and put this up here because if you guys want some cookies, you want to order some Girl Scout cookies, the number is 424 295 one three six three. That is a shameless plug for Get Money up. Mike's Girl daughters and Girl Scout cookie troop number one three six three. One three six three. This is like the last four of the number. There it is. Hey, and we listen. We do everything COVID safe. Um, uh, you 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 can go on Instagram <laughs> and find um Bubble Girl. Um, on Instagram, you'll see my daughter out there selling Girl Scout cookies Slam. in the bubble. If you guys have seen the Helpful Honda girl, I mean, boy, a yeah, guy, exactly. man. Uh, Desiree, you know, our man, friend Desiree. Yeah, you know, then we, we got a bubble for her. She's there out there go. selling cookies, has big goals, want to sell 3,000 boxes. Uh, we will deliver. Um, you All you got to do is call that number, 424-295-1363. Here we go. You know, is, I think, who Yay. is that? Who is I that? Gotcha. Hello. Are they both in there? Oh, no. That's, hey, who do we have? Morgan. <laughs> oh. Morgan and Michaela. And there's Morgan and Michaela right there. So Morgan is my. Hi. Hi, girls. Hi. Hi. Tell, tell everybody about the Girl Scout cookies. So we have uh, Girl Scout cookies. We have eight different flavors. Um, and we have two different, um, two two different um, prices. Awesome. 
Well, I look forward to supporting your Girl Scout cookies, and I'll definitely order some for sure. Excellent. Thank <laughs> you, girls. And, and they made sure that this week when we displayed the cookies that did they I, were did, did we in the proper right? rainbow order. We did not order, do right? that correctly last week. Did, did, did I do it right? You did it right. You did it right. Thank you, Dad. Excellent. Yeah, because, right. you know, when I came home, I got yelled at, Daddy, you didn't do the rainbow order. <laughs> so, <laughs> perfect. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Michaela. Bye, Morgan. Bye, Michaela. Bye. Bye. Bye, you guys. All right. So All right. thank you, Christina, for hanging out for that. Okay. Now, every episode, we end with a crazy uh, little ending here. If you haven't had enough of our crazy Money Mike, we end it with one last segment called Money Mike Out of Bounds. Money Mike has a question for us. He wants to know what we think about it, whether it is inbounds or out of bounds. You All right. The floor. Hey, so this, this is a real fun one. So let's go back to the All-Star. When I was watching All-Star Live and it was picking between, you know, LeBron and um, LeBron and Durant was picking. Yep. One thing you notice that the two Jazz players were at the end. Yep. Well, and let's no, let's back up. And actually, with three players left, and my my boy or y'all boy LeBron said, "I need a big man," and he chose six eleven Sabonis versus <laughs> seven two Gobert. Now. <laughs> I think that really that's like mad shade, mad disrespectful. <laughs> and we have seen what Donovan Mitchell has done when somebody has disrespected him. Am I out of bounds to say that we should be worried at the fact that they disrespected the number one team in the league by not picking one of uh, those two players last? Am I out of bounds for that? I think you're in bounds. I think that the Utah Jazz have not been given the respect that they deserve this season. Playing at a high level, being like a number one team, they deserve the respect and balance. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, Pat? Um, you know what? Yeah, you out of bounds, bro. I'm gonna tell you why. Bro. I'm gonna tell you why. Bro. I'm gonna tell you why. First of all, out of bounds. First of all, that's Utah. Okay, so we ain't worried about Utah. No run. We ain't giving run. When when Frank Layton was the coach, we didn't give a run. When they had Sloan. straight up like they had Sloan, when they had uh, uh, Stockton, Malone, when they had Darren Williams and AK forty seven, we give no run. So I'm just saying right now, dude. I'm I like the fact that they would pick last, actually, and I hope they did take it personally because they got to come see us. I mean, they thinking like what they are champions? Come see us. Bring that. I'm Bring just saying. So, I mean, listen. But you already know that they want to come back. I'm not saying I'm worried about them. But I'm just saying worry, that, no, no, no. Nah. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm worried about them. But Donovan Mitchell, man, you know that little bit of fire. Okay, to cause the trouble. I need all that fire. All right, we'll cool. see, bring we'll that see fire. him bring it. Christina, thank no, you. Hey, hey, am I the bounds? No, nah, he's like you are inbounds actually. However, you're not a threat. So, <laughs> so you're inbounds for Donovan Mitchell as an individual. Rudy Gobert, I'm not worried about Mitchell. Uh, yes, he will have chalkboard material. But the team themselves, I'm still not worried Laker about fans, that. I got y'all. Laker fans, I got y'all. Don't y'all worry about it. I ain't worried. Christina Williams, thank you so much for joining the podcast. This was awesome fun. Can you please let all of our listeners, all of our followers know how they can keep up with you and get your wonderful news and information, please? Absolutely. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me on the podcast tonight. It was so much fun to chat with you guys, NBA and WNBA news, and catch up with the all-star stuff. And you can find me on Instagram at Christina Williams. Follow Girls Talk Sports TV. It's girlstalksports.tv on Instagram. I also host the Kicking It With Christina podcast. Um, season two is coming out soon, uh, a little bit ahead of the 2021 WNBA season. And also make sure you just 
and follow WBA, watch the games. Um, it's going to be a very exciting season for sure. Absolutely. Christina, we give all of our guests a Profane Nation shirt. It's going to have a championship Laker trophy on there, though. No. <laughs> I hope you still wear it. Appreciate you for coming on. <laughs> it is always Lakers gear. I mean, hey, you know we we, 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 we LA best. We got we got some. We got some okay, options. okay, okay. You know what? I tell you what. I tell you. I tell you what. I'll give you a choice. So we we have these new statement shirts. Okay. They say they say trade them. They say uh, uh, the way he plays. The way he, he plays. He doesn't deserve a nickname. He ain't the goat. He ain't the goat. We we in this B. We in this. You know, I, I want her wearing that. You, you don't want to wear that. You got to wear that. What else? You, nice. you name it. They're all on our site. So yeah, yeah, they're all on uh, our. They're we'll on our sure site. We'll, we'll pick few. one out for you. Yeah. He don't deserve the money. Yeah. How much longer is this contract? Yeah. That so so we'll send you all the shirts. You pick which one you want, and we'll go ahead and send it out to you. Sounds good. Sounds good. Forward to it. All right. Thank you so much. We'll Thank definitely you. keep up with you and hopefully have you on the show again real soon. Yes, please. All right. Sounds good. Thank you guys. Have a great night. All right. I'm going to send you that link for the Girl Scout cookies. You promised my daughters. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> the cookie the pimp. Cookie hey, hey. No, 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 no. I'm the cookie pimp. I'm not the, I'm not the cookie pimp. I'm the girl dad. I'm the girl dad. <laughs> I'm the girl dad. <laughs> so awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. All Thank right. You. Awesome. Thank All right. you. All right. Bye. You guys are crazy as usual. Money, Mike, <laughs> the cookies. Money, I never really asked you. Let me just know. Which one do you like the best? You know what? I'm so basic. I mean, these tree fields. This is like is what shortbread. Is. That's rough. it. I can sit around, eat a roll. All I, I eat a roll. I'll be laying down on my sofa, mm. watch a TV, and I eat a roll of tree fields. Good, good with coffee, good with uh, hot chocolate. Right. And my only other right. one that I like are, are the uh, s'mores. You know, right. yeah, that, not those, a thin mints guy. No, you know, you know what? Everybody on a little thin mints. Dude, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's so crazy. We sold literally yesterday, we sold about, um, Probably about 130 thin minutes yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are the ones. Yeah, those are the ones. Yeah. Man. That's the ones everybody like. Those are those are but, bomb too. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, they taste like toothpaste to me. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, hey, but everybody well, I loves them. So, hey. I get it. They're good. <laughs> we, we, just, we gotta sell you gotta, these cookies, man. They you gotta yeah, freeze hey, them right. Hey, yeah. oh, yeah. oh yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I will tell you, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> what you doing? Hey, you know, I'm gonna tell y'all something that's funny though. You know, going towards the end of the season. You know, because, you know, white girls have their favorite cookie, but whatever we're top heavy, heavy on, that's their favorite cookie. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta get rid of that. Yeah, keep buying those. <laughs> so, so if we have a whole lot of dosi dos. That's what everyone's eating. Hey, girls, when they ask you what your favorite cookie is, it's dosi dos. Dosi We gotta get rid of those. <laughs> that's what happens. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Profanity Nation podcast. As usual, we're here live every Sunday night at eight thirty p.m. You can find us on Facebook. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Twitch, everywhere. Twitch, good hey. news radio app. Hey, so look, I just want to say, you guys, you guys have been doing a really good job. I've been talking about washing your hands. You guys have been washing your hands. We have a special announcement coming out, coming up in about it. a week. It's, I'm telling you, you guys wash those hands. 
It's something really, really it's big coming cooking. Up. It's coming really, up. Really, really big cooking. I want to thank Demetri Jones for leaving a comment. Christine O'Connell, Big Baby Sports, Morgan Cox, of course. Uh, we got Kenton Crooms, Daniel Artest, our boy. We love you, Daniel. Uh, and Chris Woodman C. Chris, I see you all the time. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and you're right, Twitter. Twitter space is fun. Twitter space is actually the competitor for Clubhouse. But for people who actually have Androids, yeah. imagine that. So uh, Twitter space is fun. That's a new app coming out. Um, but it is fun if you've got it and you can get on there, try and hop on and have some fun. Again, thank you for joining us. Be sure to call during the week. If you ever have something to say, you can call the fan hotline at 877-311-FANS. We may play your message on air and you may win a prize. So uh, be sure to keep up and, and give a call whenever uh, something on your mind is burning and you want to share it. All right, as usual, Jeff Sims, Money Mike, Step Hat. Peace. Peace. A podcast for the fans, by the fans. Dive deep into the topics the other shows miss, raw and uncensored. And he's going to play team ball. His legacy is at stake. Rare, hard-hitting interviews with players, coaches, and you, the super fans. I'm not hating. I'm like, okay, cool. Three championships in five years. He's more than good, bro. Profanity Nation. Listen live or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Powered by Jesse Brown of Keller Williams. Hey guys, you got to check out the Pure Life Alternative Wellness Center. It's a family-owned and operated pre-ICO, Prop D compliant, and recreational collective serving Chatsworth, the San Fernando Valley, and the surrounding Los Angeles areas. They offer discounts for all our veterans and seniors 55 plus, as well as first-time patient and referral discounts. You can order online at purelifesfv.org. That's purelifesfv.org.